Our New Testament reading this morning comes from the opening of Paul's letter to the churches in Galatia, the opening four verses. I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written, Paul, an apostle, sent neither by human commission nor from human authorities, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sin to set us free from the present evil age, according to the will of God, of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. Our Old Testament reading this morning comes to us from the book of the prophet Isaiah, excuse me, Ezekiel, wrong prophet. The second chapter beginning at verse 1 and continuing through verse 7. Again, I invite you to listen. For a word from the Lord as it is there written, he said to me, Ezekiel, O mortal, stand up on your feet and I will speak to you. And when he spoke to me, a spirit entered into me and set me on my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. He said to me, mortal, I am sending you to the people of Israel, to a nation of rebels who have rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have transgressed against me to this very day. The descendants are impudent and stubborn. I am sending you to them And you shall say to them, thus says the Lord God, whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house, they shall know that there has been a prophet among them. And you, O mortal, do not be afraid of them and do not be afraid of their words, though briars and thorns surround you and you live among scorpions. Do not be afraid of their words, and do not be dismayed at their looks, for they are a rebellious house. You shall speak my words to them, whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. Today, we in America celebrate Independence Day, the day our leaders finished a a famous declaration on our behalf. This year, the day falls on a Sunday, so we find ourselves here in church during part of that celebration. The last time, did you know, the last time that this happened was 11 years ago. I had to look it up because... As I was in the process of preparing this week's sermon, I had that that feeling you sometimes get, that feeling of veja du. It's the opposite of deja vu. It's the feeling this has never happened to me before. And it turns out, Stephen and I were both right. This is my first 4th of July Sunday. To celebrate the fact and the day I've been led to do something just a little bit different this morning, so please bear with me. As I read the account of this morning's call, which went forth to the Lord to his servant Ezekiel, 
I am reminded of the old familiar poem by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, Paul Revere's Ride, which my father, who was born not far from Boston, always referred to as the Midnight Ride of Paul Revere. In both stories, the biblical and the romantic one, the messengers are tasked with relaying some very important, yea, urgent message to their audience. In the spring of 1775, the people of the towns and countryside around Boston had to be warned of an impending military threat by His Majesty's forces. The rebels had to be alerted. The fate of a nation was riding that night, wrote Longfellow, and it was riding squarely on the shoulders of one man and his horse. The fate of a people hung in the balance at that critical juncture in our colonial history. Those who were sound asleep needed to be roused, for if not, the enemy who was on the move would catch them unawares. Thankfully for the people and for us, they not only heard this word of warning, but they heeded that word and they responded to it. In the days of this word to Ezekiel, right around the year 592 BC, the last of the Israelites who were left in the land had been defeated by their neighbors. Many were displaced by the victors and had been forcibly removed to Babylon. There, the Lord was using Ezekiel to address them with an important word to a group that God identified as those and the descendants of those who had transgressed against him. Again, the time had come for the rebels to be roused. A word was being sent out. Many generations then passed before the days were accomplished and Jesus was born of Mary. But when he did come on the scene, he did so within months of his kinsman, John the Baptist. It was he who began his public ministry first, but both of them had been sent by God to bring an urgent word to the people. In fact, it was so urgent that in Jesus, the word itself took on flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. The audience for the baptizer and the Messiah was a bunch of people who were living, as the Gospels tell us, in deep darkness. And then, well, then there's us. We who on this very day commemorate the signing of a Declaration of Independence of one people from another, 245 years ago this day is a transcript of another famous communique from our national history says, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. And while the promise that was begun in 1776 is still to this day being wrestled with, lived into, worked out and perfected slowly, 
through our time. To date, government of the people, by the people, for the people, has yet to perish from the earth. As a people, we celebrate. We celebrate by singing about living in the land of the free, and the home of the brave, and Independence Day. It's an appropriate holiday to reflect upon this gift, this gift of freedom. And freedom is, I believe, the thread that ties together Ezekiel's commission, the gospel message, and Paul Revere's ride. In Longfellow's poem, the mounted messenger of Massachusetts came bringing a cry of defiance and not of fear, a voice in the darkness, a knock at the door, and a word that shall echo forevermore. In our Old Testament reading, the exiled prophet in Babylon is tasked with what is acknowledged to be a likewise difficult and yet very important mission. He is to go to the Hebrews in that foreign land and bring them a vitally important message from their God, a word that could have a profound effect on the people in the moment and for ages to come. And in both instances, there's no guarantee that the audience to whom the heralds are sent will listen or respond positively. But in both cases, that's beyond their control. All they can do is to dutifully fulfill the calling to which they have been called. They were appointed to this duty at such a time as this, and we know that each of them fulfilled their obligation. And I happen to believe that that same sort of obligation has been placed on each and every one of us who is gathered here today in the name of Jesus Christ. Why do I think that? Because that is the imperative that is included in the message that God sends us throughout the New Testament. And because it is the mission that the church has throughout her history discerned as central to our witness of Jesus Christ as Lord. He has called and equipped a group of disciples who would be ready, willing, and able to carry out the ministry of proclamation and healing which he had begun. And that was an important part of the work of his disciples also to call and equip others for the ongoing work of the manifestation of the kingdom of God to the world. The word of God was shown to be much more than a dusty record on scrolls of papyrus that were taken out once a week and read by a teacher in a Hebrew religious school. Indeed, the word was alive because the word continues to live and because the word continues to send forth a spirit of power and comfort and strength into mortals because this treasure continues to be stored in jars of clay, we must speak the word of the Lord which has come to us as faithfully as Ezekiel pronounced his message and as urgently as Paul Revere delivered his. What benefit is the gift of liberty if we don't use it? What does it profit us to hear of God's promises in exile and then 
turn right around and go back to living as slaves? What good is it to be awakened from our slumbers, imperiled in a world of darkness, only to roll over and pull the covers back over us, comforted in our own denial? Speak the word the Lord God is giving you for his troubled people, Ezekiel. Proclaim a time for repentance and baptism, John. Ride on and warn the citizens that tyranny and oppression is moving against them, Paul Revere. Do not be afraid. Do not worry how you will be received by folks. Don't dwell upon the consequences of the ramifications of your actions, whatever the cost, whatever the outcome. Remember who it is you serve and let it never be said that a prophet had not been sent to the people. As we, my brothers and sisters, continue to discern the ways in which the body of Christ at Old Rehoboth is being reformed for ongoing faithful service to our risen and reigning Lord Jesus, one of the things that is becoming a bit clearer to me along the way is a renewed commitment to prioritizing the the core tasks of the holy, catholic, apostolic church, prayer and worship, service to others, and testifying to the author of our most precious freedoms. For as wonderful as it is to be able to celebrate on one day a year the liberty that we have been blessed to receive as denizens of this nation, how much greater still the liberty we have been blessed to receive as citizens of God's kingdom, even while resident aliens in this world. As recipients of such unmerited grace as this, we are indeed obligated to exercise our freedom, our freedom of religion, our freedom of conscience, our freedom of speech, our freedom in Christ to proclaim the ongoing reality of God and his liberating, freeing power. We have been set free, minds, hearts, spirits, tongues, that we may let freedom ring. And for that, we may truly say, thanks be to God and amen.